our morning show. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank y'all for joining in. Man, it is a beautiful day already. Um, I have your guest is already on deck. My man is on time, which I love. You know, black folks don't always be on time. So, you know, we, <laughs> but it is what it is, right? So thank y'all for tuning in to Coffee Time with Coach. I got my coffee ready. Actually, so I put it in my, my this mug so I can make sure it stay warm because, you know, my guests keep me talking. Sometimes they don't talk enough. And because they don't talk enough, I have to talk and then I can't sip my coffee. So I got it in my joint to keep it hot. So as always, want to spread good energy, good vibes to you all. Thank you all for tuning in. Brittany Thomas, thank you for tuning in. On my IG Live, we got it's V, Brandy, Words of Honey. Jeff Gardner is in the building. The Synergist is in the building. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, people are going to jump in and out as they come. Um, so this is the third show. And it's really jumping off. I don't know. So I, I'm just going to just put it out there. Um, last night on IG Live, I actually performed. Um, I did two poems for Emmanuel Lewis. If you don't know who Emmanuel Lewis is, is Webster in the series. If you don't know who Webster is, you are probably really young. Yes, Ja is in the house. Boom, boom. That's my that's my theme song. If y'all y'all didn't get it, don't worry about it. We'll teach y'all about that later. But I performed for Webster and I record this on my IG live. Came out really, really dope. Webster is like um putting together this um this uh um he's he's on a talent search and it's all different kinds of talent. The one thing I learned about the internet is that the um um uh the poets are actually running things. The poets are actually all over the internet. Uh oh, Charles, where'd you go, man? My homie just popped out. He must have had a phone call or something, but he'll be back. But the um, the um, okay, he's back now. The uh, um, the poets are all over the internet. We're all over the web. Everywhere you go, we're there. Um, performing, sharing love. You know, uh, it's funny. I, I make this joke that everybody has become um a host all of a sudden, and it's funny to me. <laughs> but it's all love. But everybody is a host now. Everybody has their own event, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm just hoping that when um, things open up, that people um, will get back to their normal and that those who are actually doing the lives, hopefully they can keep up the lives going and um, keep their, their fan base that way, if you would. But I'm excited about that. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring up your host, for the your guest for the day. I don't know why I always keep saying bringing up your host. I guess I'm confused. Maybe it's the morning. But whatever. Your guest, I'm bringing them up so we can talk and see what's popping up in here. So y'all hold tight. Josh, what's going on, Josh? Family, how you doing, bro? I'm all right. Can't call it. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm up early. You know, thank God to them for the morning show. Because if not, I'd be laying in the bed trying to figure out what I'm doing for my day. You know, Um, it's been that way since the pandemic. Like I get stuck and don't want to move off the bed or off the sofa. I'm just like there, and I don't know what that's about. But you know, whatever it is, what it is. So before we even get started, man, I want you to introduce the people to you. Tell them who you are, where you're from, what you do. Just be you. Just tell us who you are, so we get to, so they get to know who you are. Because I know you, but they don't know you. So just tell them who you are. All right. Um, I am. Uh, my name is Charles McMurray. Uh, of course, y'all see it on the. You see it. You see it. Um, I am originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. I still reside in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, by trade, I am a firefighter. Uh, I've been doing that for about six years. Uh, I am a father. 
Um, uh, what else about me? I'm a comedian. I, I do stand up. Been doing stand up for about seven, eight years now. Uh, I'm a musician. I play about five instruments. I sing, uh, do poetry. You know, pretty much very uh, engulfed in the arts. Uh, I, I am a lover. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, to know me is to love me. Everybody loves me. I'm loved by thousands. If y'all see me here, I'm not Emmanuel Lewis. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. I don't know what the expectation is for the guest here. I saw that he was on the show, and I'm like, man, I, what am I gonna do? Um, I, I never had a show. I don't even know that many words. I ain't Webster. Uh, you know, my my lexicon is limited. I promise. I promise. Lexicon, that's the word of the day. That's that's all I got for you. That's how you know people are smart because you use words. You be trying to figure out what that means. Like, I can't even spell the word, right? So I'm not even going to try to I'm not going to try to say it. So his, I was on his show when I performed. So it's all good. I was on his platform. He wasn't on my platform. Okay, okay. okay. So, but I'm glad it appeared that way because now it looks like I'm really somebody, you know. Because Oh, yeah. <laughs> you so, made it. Let me ask you this. First, let's say, how did you become a firefighter? How did that How did that process happen? Did you wake up one day and say, oh, shoot, I want to risk my life saving somebody else's life. Why not be a firefighter? How did that happen? Basically. Um, <laughs> Um, my mom's a nurse and my dad is a retired detective. And so public service is like a thing in our family. Mm. I actually graduated from college with a broadcasting degree. So, um, couldn't find a job, you know, regular millennial problems, moved back to with my parents. Uh, one day me and my dad were just going to a funeral and a fire truck was driving by and anybody who was unemployed or ever been unemployed, you you look at everybody's job like, I wonder how much they make. I could probably do that. You know, that's what you do when you're unemployed. <laughs> and so I see the fire truck driving by. I'm like, man, I could do that. And like my dad and my godfather, like my godfather was a fire explorer. And the only reason he chose to be a cop was because they called him back first. <laughs> and so they were like, yo, you should be a fireman. Man, it's going to be crazy. You only work this many days a week. You get benefits. Da, da, da. We wish we were firemen. We made a mistake. Please do this. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't know about all that. You know, like, like I'm a choir boy. Like, I'm soft. I don't, I don't do all that physical stuff, you know? <laughs> and so um, I think we, I was just at a place of desperation. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try it. You know, even if I have this career, it, it's open and flexible enough that I could do everything that I want to do as well. And so I just tried year after year. It took me about three years to finally get on. Mm -hmm. but, and then once I actually started, you know, doing it, you know, going through the fire academy and everything, I was like, I kind of like this job. This is cool. It was kind of like going to camp, you know. <laughs> And so it's it's a job where I could use my mind, I could use my body. You know, we don't work work like that. We just work when we need it. Like it's the one job that you get paid for and respected for what you're capable of doing instead of what you actually do. And so uh, my only job is to stay capable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I um um an unknown fact about myself i actually wanted to become a firefighter and i didn't think i would have the chance because of um you know my gunshot wounds and stuff like that so i never had the chance to do so and then i want to say 
it was some a couple of, well not more than a couple of years back but some years back i found out that i could still i mean it's either you can do it or you can't do it they didn't hold right. that against me right and this is before i got disabled out of work um and uh i went out to find out some information and it was i had just missed the mark by one year oh man and then when um they there was a somebody who was giving me the information a recruit i guess you would call them was giving me information about it he said well where are you from originally because i can tell you're not from the south and i said from new york city he said if you go to new york city you can actually um still become a firefighter i forgot what age it was at that age in new york city mm -hmm. and he said you can always do that and then transfer back and i was like ah I'm not going back to New York City. That's just my firefighter dreams went out the window. Somebody it went yeah. up and smoked. <laughs> I was like, nah, bro. But um, yeah. and then my youngest brother, he also um was um going to become fire. I forgot something happened with the testing or something that he didn't make it or he missed it or something, but yeah. So there's another job you did that you don't talk about much often. I, I do not. <laughs> but, um, okay, I won't put it out there if you don't want to. But no, nah, it's all good. So in my quest to become a firefighter, because it took three years and I still needed a job uh, in the midst, people don't know this about me. But um, because both of my both my father and my godfather were in the police department, they pretty. It was kind of a nepotism thing. Like they they got me to interview for CSI. Wow. Uh, crime scene investigation. And so, of course, um, when my dad brought it before me, I'm working at a call center. You know, I'm miserable in life. You know, I don't know if anybody worked at a call center over here or did customer service work when you got the little headset and then you can mute the headset and you be cussing the people out when you mute the headset. Yes, sir. Anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I hated my job and my dad was like, hey, you know, why don't you just work here? It's like being a janitor for the police department. You just clean up stuff. You're driving a van by yourself. I was like, oh, I get to be by myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was sick of people. And I'm like, yeah, let me get that. Yeah, that's straight. That's straight. Work for the city already. Then I can just kind of lateral into the firefighter mm -hmm. thing. That's what's up. So it was never my intent to do it. Right. You know, right, right. Keep doing it. I was just like, let me just get a job. And so, and I didn't even think it was serious because it was, uh, the title was Crime Lab Tech. And so I'm just like, okay, Crime Lab Tech, you know, you just go and clean up or whatever. And so I got my suit on, I go into the interview and I'm seeing all these like forensic stuff and gizmos and posters. And I'm like, oh, this is a real deal. <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> and uh, of course I'm in the interview. I've been working at a call center so I can sell. So I'm selling me, you know, and I'm sitting there, no forensic experience, no law enforcement experience, but I'm like, look, you know, I got a minor in, uh, in English language so I can write, mm -hmm. you know, I got my uh, degree from media. So I know how to work a camera. I know about apertures I know about ISOs, you know, that's two less things you got to train me on. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sitting there, you know, how I'm nodding, sucking up to the boss. You know, you just keep talking until they start nodding. You just, you know, if they not not keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> Get me in a room and you're going to love me. And so they hire me. And I'm like 23 at the time. I'm young. You know, I don't know how to be an employee. I was a terrible CSI. Wow. I just want to put this out here. I was terrible. I was getting in trouble every other month. <laughs> like they would call me in the office and I'd be sitting there like, what did I do this time? <laughs> I don't even remember. 
they be pulling up, up cases. Yeah, back here, you did, like, they had it in for me. I don't know because, you know, I'm black or because I was young or because they knew, you know, that this wasn't, like, the thing for me or because of my pops. I didn't know what it was, but everybody had it in for me. Wow. And so I was glad to get out. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny I, I, when you while you're saying that. Right. And I'm going to let you get back to the story. Uh, only thing I keep visualizing is Bad Boys episode with Martin and, and, and Will Smith was in there with the dead bodies. And Martin yeah. laid up there with the bimbo. I'm like, Charles, were you trying to lay in there with the bimbo? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because we have had like crazy scenes with dead bodies. And, it, and you know, you act different. <laughs> And I, I mean, firefighting and CSI, you know, we got to respond to both. And so we I do have like a skewed perception when it comes to death and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's because uh, you be sitting there, you be, you be having to take dead people's fingerprints and, and do all this and adjust it. And, and some people. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not fun. I ain't going to go into it because everybody in the industry, everybody got stomach for that. People eating breakfast right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably gonna quit that job. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna quit that job. <laughs> gotta go. And that guy whose head is laying in the living room and his body is in the kitchen, you gotta fingerprint him. I'm like, um, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm out. He <laughs> dead people. Nah, it's not gonna happen. Bye. Ah, not gonna happen. <laughs> you get used to it after a while. No, 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 no. He I don't ever want to get used to it. Like I remember one time, me and my my training officer, we we worked the body or whatever. He worked the and body. See what I'm saying? Mm -mm. Go ahead. And they we had to do it in the morgue or whatever. So this guy, he's been he's been gone for a while. The smell was terrible, but we had our gas mask on, so we didn't smell it. Mm -hmm. And so by the time it came up, it's all out. It's all in our clothes and everything like that. But we still don't smell it because we're used to it. Yeah. So we sitting there, we're going to Chipotle, you know, to get some stuff. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, they're yeah. standing a distance from us. And we don't even understand what's going on. We just talking. Yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah. And then we come back to the office and the sergeant's like, oh, my God, you stink. He started spraying us. And I was like, dang, we didn't even God, know. Wow. Wow. Smelling yeah. like full death. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. That's not the fragrance of the day for me. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a pass on that. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of breakfast, let's mm -hmm. talk about this. Favorite foods. What are your favorite foods? Oh man, I don't really have favorite foods. What? I mean, like breakfast foods. Oh, black or... man that doesn't have favorite foods, y'all. Explain that to me. Well, how does that work? I mean, I like food. Like I'm a big guy. I just <laughs> no food. I'm like I, I don't eat that. Uh, I like Mexican. 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 Like if I had to, if I had to really think about it, because it was my birthday a couple of days ago. Oh yeah, when your birthday? It was also, it was also Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> uh, happy birthday! We late. Appreciate, appreciate it. But like that's my thing. I always have tacos on my birthday, so I think Mexican is a thing for me. Mexican is probably my least favorite food. Wow, we different. I went to yeah, 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 yeah. We very different on that. I, I'm not doing. It. I went to. Uh, I think my daughter was like six or so and I, I i was out of town i came home and um she was like um let's go out to eat and um we all got together got in the car her mom her sister and um they was like let's go to this mexican restaurant now i'm from new york city i've eaten people food like i eat mexican food in their house 
The yeah, store stuff, yeah, the restaurant yeah. stuff is very different. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're going to go to this restaurant place. It was really, really good. It was the best stuff, blah, 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 blah. So I went there. And I said, well, order what y'all order. Now, empanadas are really good, right? Mm-hmm. Nice order, and I was like, nah, son, this ain't I was Listen, you can't mess up a hungry black man's food. Like, that's a problem. Nah. I was mad the whole rest of the day. I just got back. I hadn't seen them in about two weeks. I was going from New York for a while. And um, I was man, I was pissed off. Like, no, 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 no. I, I wanted to fight. I really wanted to fight. I was really upset. And I never went back. I haven't had Mexican food since then. Dang. How long ago was it? Chipotle is not Mexican food. That's just no, stuff they do. <laughs> I mean, true Mexican food, it ain't as extra as these restaurants make it. Like, you don't have as much stuff. Like, real Mexican don't even mess with cheese like that. Not too much. So that's the Amero Mexican. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they change it up. Um, favorite drinks. You got to have a favorite drink. Alcohol um, and non-alcohol. Whichever one you want to give is fine. Or both. I give, I give you both. We got time. Um, non-alcohol, you know I'm Southern to the core. So... I gotta have my sweet tea. Sweet tea. It's it's always the go-to. Yeah, yeah. It gotta be made right. Uh, you know, not too sweet, but not it gotta have some sweet to it. You know, the right, <laughs> the right sweet, the ice ratio. Got gotta have it. Um, drink. What's my good drink? Uh, Jack Honey. Jack Honey. Um, what is that? Uh, Jack Daniels with the honey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I'm I'm not an alcohol person. I I, I drink wine like. Yeah. Oh, let me see. Favorite wine. <laughs> I said, Ross Oh, we oh, got it ready on deck. See, yeah, my boy was right behind me. You were thug when you got your in the drawer on deck. Like, <laughs> I don't even have wine. I'm with coffee. He's got wine. I said, I drink wine. He got wine. Yeah. yeah. You got to have it on deck. You know, I'm I'm a bachelor again. So, I'm, I, you know, you got to have it. Yeah, man. Do that. Me and me and the old lady called yes, the queen. All my questions for the day. No, just right. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, all of my questions was about marriage. <laughs> man. Yeah, we, know that. we bust the U-turn on that boy. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Not the marriage part, right? Um, parenting, because you have how old is your how old is your baby now? Uh one and a half. Yeah, that's that's become a thing now. Yeah. That's been a road. Um I've I've been where you are, not except I haven't been married, and I'm going I'm going to be be I'm going to give you what I would give to my brother, my son, or whoever. Right? Be real with yourself, but always take a deep breath. And I think you know that already. Always take a deep breath, because it's going to be some times where you're not going to be ready to take a deep breath, but you don't have to. Right? You, just, you know what I mean? You're going to have to. I've learned that um, I can't give you word for word what you should do and tell you exactly how to do what you got to do. But I will tell you that roles can be rough if you don't develop. And I think you're fine with that because I know your character enough. You have to get a level of understanding that is well beyond what you can understand, if you would. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be. It's a whole nother thing. And then when there's a child involved, man, I'm going to tell you what you don't want. You don't want to your child is old enough and they're not calling. Right. You're old enough for them to call you and they don't call. That is a feeling, bro, that you don't want. I know that. So I would I would I would suggest that whatever you do, keep that in mind that one day this child is going to be a certain age and on their own with the ability to contact you and be with you on their own. 
and you do not want to miss any of that. You don't want to be sitting here like I am wondering if today's going to be the day that my sons are going to call me. Man. You know what I mean? So um, that's and that's real. Like I would tell any brother that think about that. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, you can't, you know, do everything perfect to make sure that doesn't happen, but do everything you can to make sure that that's not a reality for you because you're not going to be happy with that. That's not going to feel good. Right. And I know, you know, my uh my ex, she's from Illinois, and so my baby's far. And oh so, wow, yeah. My children are in New York. Say what? My boys were in New York. Yeah. And yeah. so I have to like make it a point to be intentional to like FaceTime every day and all that. And it's hard FaceTiming somebody who just learned how to walk because they're not gonna stay still and they're not gonna care if you're on the phone. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, if I get into the habit now, like she's gonna know, you know, okay, it's time to talk to daddy. Absolutely. Age, you know, Absolutely. and I'm, I've been trying to be intentional about that. Don't know what to say to a one year old, um, but it's like, OK, I'm there. You're going to see yeah. my face when I come to visit. She knows me. That's a win for me. You know, that's she might know dad, but she's like, OK, I know that guy, you know, but it is a struggle because my dad was in the house. So I don't know how to dad. Oh, wow. Dynamic. And so I'm yeah. like, yeah, I can yeah. never be what I saw. So what is fathering really from this standpoint, you know? I, th- I think that's an amazing question, fatherhood. You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean, and 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 how does that? Uh, we I was I had Ob West on um, yesterday, and we were talking about fatherhood and having. Do you have a you have a son or a daughter? A daughter. Yeah, that daughters. This is the question we were talking about yesterday. Mm-hmm. A daughter changes the man. Oh yeah, and I know from experience. And then you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't allowed to um, when my when my son's mother had both of my sons. Um, we weren't together, right? And um, I don't know. It's, it's just a real crazy dynamic. Um, she would not. I, I didn't know the children were here until they were here. She would not tell anybody to tell me to come to the hospital. None of that. So I didn't get a chance to see them come into the world. So it was like from day one. From day one, she kind of, you know what I mean? So, you know, the first, the first, the, my first son, you know, we knew we were trying to have a baby. The second one, we, you know, you jump into early, you're in trouble. And we jumped into early, you're in trouble. Funny thing about that is I'm closer with my younger son than I am with my firstborn. Mm. Right? Um, even though my, my youngest son, I don't understand. Sometimes he just disappears off the face of the earth. I just got to wait for him to come back. <laughs> but we're closer than we are, but we, you know, like we, we plan for one and the other mm-hmm. one is that up, oh, you went in too early kind of thing. So, <laughs> but um, when my daughter was born, I was able to be there and, you know, hold the legs back and, you know what I'm saying? Watch that whole, yeah, you saw it, bro. It changes you. I would never be disconnected from my daughter. And I think a large part of that is because witnessing that part, you know right. what I mean? And, and then having a little one that's always worshiping your voice. Like they they know the voice from the womb. They know the voice. And mm-hmm. having her always run to that voice has been always a thing for me. So, yeah, yeah. Man, and your you. kid's growing. Well, <laughs> yeah. the, not the youngest one. They, they're still loading. <laughs> congratulations. You know, I got one on the way. I got one coming in January. Yeah, congratulations. So, yeah, congratulate me in, in next January. <laughs> when I make it through. That's <laughs> that's wild though, because you know, parents are getting younger and younger. And so, you know, just being older and having parents or, you know, it's kind of 
I know it's gonna keep you young. You are, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sixty with a ten year old. Lord, and with a twelve year old, rather, but you know, still. Oh. So you grew up in the church, right? Yes. Tell me your top three funniest church moments. Oh God. Yes, Lord. <laughs> this is this is what I've been waiting on all night. I mean, this this, this is what you've been waiting. <laughs> oh, oh man, I have to think about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause I have loads and loads, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was 16 and I was recruited to play bass for this church when, yeah, I was recruited to play bass, but I also play saxophone. Um, this was a starter church. And so they started off in a funeral home, um, oh. uh, Statesville Ave, A. Greer, yeah. you know, shout out if you ever want to bury somebody. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh. We started there, and so it wasn't uncommon for us to have Bible study, and there to be a casket on the side, you know, like so. Me and death is always, but uh, <laughs> but it was just it was weird because everybody be like having a Bible study, and they they used to, and I'm sitting there trying to listen to pastor, like <laughs> you know. But the way the uh, the way the funeral home was designed, there's like mm -hmm. a um, there's like a wall and a curtain and the band would play behind the curtain and the oh. pastor would be in front of the curtain, you know, where the, where the um, altar is and everything. <laughs> and so since I played saxophone, it's an acoustic instrument. I didn't have a microphone. So sometimes I had to come in front of the curtain. So they sat a little chair by me. So while the preacher would preach, it was literally him up there preaching and me in the chair with my saxophone just chilling. <laughs> And so this cat would like use me during examples, but he would like be just shading me. He would be embarrassing me, you know, oh, and I'm 16. I don't know how to handle things like that, you know, right. at the time. And so he was like, yeah, you know, we all can't be young. And he's looking at me, he's like, we all can't have this baby soft skin. And I'm like, yo, did you just touch my face? <laughs> and like, I caught back a little bit cause I wasn't used to it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that like pastor had, had shooters for real like the oh. deacons kind of got up like what and i was like oh. <laughs> and um this is that actual story i just wanted to make it interesting up until <laughs> <laughs> but there was one uh there was one sermon he was doing mm. and he was talking about how people um they love what's bad for them and he was like these girls out here they like all these thugs look at this young man He's clean cut. He's talented. He's in church. You ain't gonna get no booty till you get to college. Oh, and, shit. and he and he said that in front of everybody. And of course, you know, being sixteen, you don't want to hear that. You know, right. especially being a young man. You know, like it's hard to come to grips with your own virginity. And, and so, so you'd be like, no, -uh, you know. <laughs> and so to hear a pastor pretty much call you a virgin in front of a whole congregation. And they laugh, and I'm just like, come on, come on, bro. And in the back of your mind, you like you sitting here like, but well, Sister Clara told me to meet her after Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that had to be the most embarrassing. Does that count as three and one? So, that, yeah, well, I mean, that was that was at least two. That was at least two. Okay, I get you. One. I'm just trying to figure out. I'm just trying to. I wish I could pay to see you sitting there and the pastor come over and rub your skin 
Listen, listen, listen. And he know uh, Deaconess Bernadette hand, his hand was all down her shirt in the back room just a few minutes. <laughs> like, I smell. Uh... <laughs> I smell white diamond on your hand. What? White diamond? Not <laughs> the Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> listen, you know them old church ladies, there's two things they're going to have. White diamond and candy in the bottom of their purse. Oh yeah, that little, them little strawberry candies. Down there with that old ass chains, nickels and turn colors, pennies got fungus on them. You know what I'm talking about in that church. It's like butterscotch candy, the strawberry candies, and peppermints. That's that's the three. And they all taste like pocketbook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want some candy, baby? You know. Jeez. Oh man. Oh, let's see. What's what's another one? These aren't these aren't regular stories. But uh, I remember there was a man. I got a lot better stories, but these are just coming to mind. <laughs> Same or the next year, I started the gospel choir at my high school, okay. um, and so I was like the music coordinator for that. And so me and all the young musicians used to get together and play all the time. Um, the guy who played keys, his mom had a church. So she shared uh, buildings with uh, Hispanic congregation. So okay. she didn't have, she didn't start church until 5 p.m. Oh, wow. Now, this is one of those holiness shout all the time churches, right? And so my boy would invite all his musician friends to the church. And he would like yep, say, hey, we about to go shed. Now, shedding is a thing for musicians when we just we just playing around. We just working on our, our riffs and runs or whatever the case may be. Okay, you know, okay. it's like it's like a playground for us. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was and so we treated we treated the actual church service like a shed because they shouted that much. Oh. And so we coming in, you know, we got jeans on. We bring instruments. And of course, to my boy, he's like, yo, I'm getting I'm getting moms, all these free musicians, you know, because <laughs> it would literally be like 10 of us, you know, wow. <laughs> coming in with horns and bait, like all types of stuff. <laughs> and so I, we sitting there, we rotating. We don't care nothing about what's going on. Right. <laughs> we we just playing, doing our thing, you know. So um, the his mom, uh, you know, she was one of those prophets. She would prophesy on people all the time. You know, we'd be playing behind it. We don't really care. You know, one time I'm sitting back there with my saxophone and she was like, you back there. What's your name? Uh oh. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> All these people here, you want to talk to me? <laughs> you know, And I'm like, you know, I'm Charles. And she was like, Charles, you got a calling on your life. I'm like, OK, everybody does, you know. <laughs> and she was like, the bridge. And everybody hit the music. Duh, duh. And I'm like, no. Now, you're gonna preach the word of God. You're gonna preach before you're 25. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is uh and she was just honing in. She was like, Yeah, your parents gonna get delivered under your ministry, and blah da da da. da. Oh, and she wow. and she was like, Everybody in here, how many people have I prophesied to that your that hasn't came true yet? And nobody, nobody raised their hand. And she just looked at me like except what God allows. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm looking at my boy like, yo, I'm never coming back. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking in my mind. Like, I'm done. My last day. Was this was this a big space y'all were you in? Was it big? Yeah, it was a big space. It was a big space. Okay, good. Because I was just trying to figure out if it was more people in the, in the choir or the church band or whatever that was 
than it was in a congregation. Because, you know, congregations can be rather small. Yeah, yeah. Musicians. It was, it was about, shoot, to be honest, I'll say it was about 10 of us playing. It was probably like 25 people in there. Wow. So it was close. Yeah, y'all was y'all was y'all was neck and neck. Yeah, I went to uh, John P. Key's church. You ever been okay. there? I, I haven't. I don't have the stamina. John, <laughs> John P. Key's church. They they now their praise and worship is amazing. Mm-hmm. amazing. Like they jam. Like he get the best of the best to come. My only thing was like they probably play like twenty five songs. Like it's a whole album before he even come out. And, and the funny thing is, right, I know John P. Key. I, I don't know if anybody when he go to his church. I did love going to his church. I will say that. And then he, you don't see him, right? I used to play ball with them in the men's um, and after on Monday nights, the old men, and then Thursday nights with the young guys, whatever. Anyway, so I know them, right? Mm-hmm. After a while, the music is jumping. Everybody's jamming. Some people are sweating. You know, Sister Clara got all that sweat on her armpit rolling down to her elbow. And then you hear out the back. Stuart, bring me out. And he's yelling from out the back that it's time to come out. I, it was the funniest thing. I thought it was at a, I thought it was at a hip-hop concert. It sounded like somebody was going to come out and just do the dopest rap that you've ever heard over a Christian, a Christian beat. It was hilarious, but I love going to his church. But I'm telling you, like, the stage be packed with musicians. He had the drummer, the, I mean, all these things. Mm-hmm. I never really understood the praise and worship until I, I started asking people, like, why? you have to put on a concert before time. Yeah. And it's just to get people in the mood. I get it. So I said, it's kind of like when you got your black CD cassette, CD is when you, it's a cassette is a CD, um, a tape that you put in your deck, you press play back in the days before CDs came out. You put your black tape in and you play it when you're warming up the night for your lady. It's yeah. The same concept. Same concept. I was like, wow. So this is love making in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like that was hilarious. When when I when I understood that's what that was, it made a difference to me what that whole thing was. But I, I that's probably my favorite part about going to church. You know, the praise and worship. Yeah, after the praise and worship, I could just tip you on my way out. Like I didn't get me, <laughs> boom and go. Because two hours is a long time. That is like they literally would have the whole sound and then preaching. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like why y'all got a whole open mic? <laughs> This is the addition, you know, and then and then there was this um, there was a, a deacon that um, when he started preaching, he used to take his keys out and jingle because he just got a new house. He's take his keys, jingle his keys and run, run around the church. Oh, my gosh. There was another lady. I just call her Sister Clara. And if you notice when I'm talking about church, it's always Sister Clara, Clara Ann, something <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah. She used to put her hand straight up in the air and just walk like March of the Wooden Soldiers. Right. And I thought that was like hilarious. Like you knew she was in the word. Like she had a feeling in the word. Her hand get right here, and she walked the whole. You got to see it. It was just, it was just amazing. But John P. Keith Church, if you ever get a chance to go there, man, it is, it is. Um, I appreciate the praise and worship is amazing, and he actually does a really good job preaching. Um, even his Thursday nights. But that praise and worship, you better make sure you got comfortable shoes on. <laughs> you got on. I, I just treat it like the gym. Just put your sneakers. And your shoes, just put your sneakers in your bag so you can <laughs> and then take your two socks off before you put your church shoes on because that don't normally go right. You might have to put that change clothes. Um, so let's talk about um your open mic. 
All right. So when that when did you start? The, what was the vision for that? And when did you start? Um. Well, uh, when I got to when I got back to Charlotte from college, um, I think. I don't know. The open mic community, y'all really opened your arms to me, um, especially as a po poet person who isn't doesn't classify themselves as a spoken word artist. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, when because the comedian open mics like they'll put you on, they won't put you on to like one in the morning and then you have to listen to terrible jokes all night. And, you know, and the type of comedian I was like, I really wasn't trying to hear all that, you know, <clears throat> like those cats, they just did stuff that I didn't do. So I didn't really like being around them like that. And so I, I enjoy going to open mics, you know, with the poetry and the and the girls look a lot better at the open mics. Like there's some bad. <laughs> like natural hair women love poetry, like baddies with the earrings and, and you know, they smell like shea butter and motions, you mm -hmm. know, like, <laughs> like they love that type of stuff. And I like looking at them. I like being around them. I love that energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm that guy. <laughs> You know, but um, I just enjoyed the vibe. I always enjoyed the vibe. I always enjoyed the frequency. I enjoyed, you know, the fact that you left your spot open for me to try out stuff. Mm -hmm. I probably done done like six hours worth of material for you, <laughs> for you, like throughout the years. You know, yeah. like I I tried out so many jokes and never told them again. <laughs> but uh, yeah. you, JC, um, back when uh two two team had their spot, mm -hmm. back when Claudette had her spot. Yeah. you know. It was just all these places we would go, and it yeah. seemed like it was almost a daily thing to just hone your ability. Yeah. And um, I think one time I had to host for Claudette. Okay. And um, I really enjoyed myself. I was like, oh, this is cool, because as a comedian, I want to be funny, but, you know, like, you never know when you're going on an open mic. So you're like, yo, I got to work off the person I went before, mm -hmm. that went before me. Mm -hmm. And so you got jokes for every single person that came yeah. up. Like just hoping, yo, I hope he put me on after you because I, I got something for this, you know, but they never put you on behind a good person. But as a host, I can say something about everybody, everybody. and if they don't laugh. I could just bring on the next person. You ain't got to judge me for it. You know, it ain't got to be like a hot five or a hot 10. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. just like, I'll just say something funny and then bring somebody on. Mm -hmm. like, I love that frequency. When I turned 25, I had a, Big comedy show. I don't know if you came to that, but um, I had a big comedy show. Wait a minute, Chuck, how old are you again? 31. Well, y'all make me old. Go ahead. When you turn <laughs> but uh, I had a big comedy show. You know, I flew in some comedians and everything like that, and I hosted that. And it was so many people came out. I felt so much love, and I just enjoyed, you know, I was like, yo, man, I could host. Like, I, I knew I could, and people were asking me, like, yo, when you gonna get a room? When you gonna get a room, man? Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, ah, I don't know. Should I have a comedy room? Because I do comedy. Like, should I have a poetry room? Like, what should I do? And I'm sitting there thinking about other Christians that I know. Right. Thinking right. about people that won't go to the places that I go, you know, because right. they don't feel comfortable. And, you know, I'm thinking about people that do, you know, Christian pieces and stuff and the mood of the room is a certain way. Then the next person come on and they saying all this filth, you know, they go straight E-Rock on it. You're like, yo, and they just ruin whatever spirit that was there, you know. And it was like, yo, wow. 
if I'm going to do this, I want to do it my way. You know, I want to do it. I want my God to get the glory from it. I want to be able to bring my mama. You know, I want kids to be able to come. You know, I want I want it to be a type of environment where, you know, Christians feel safe. You know, people that may not be Christian don't feel alienated, yeah. you know, but at the same time, we can have like it could be a place of growing. It could be a place of healing, all that good stuff, which, you know, most open mics are like that. But you can't control the people that come in. Yeah. But when I brand it as a Christian open mic, you can kind of curb the riffraff a little bit. That's cool. And so that was that was my primary goal, you know, and to get all the dope people I know to know each other. Yeah, yeah. Because I was always the plug and I was tired of people bothering me. I was like, yo, you want to see who I know? Just come to the show, network. Like, quit bothering me. Right, 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 right. And so uh, 2015, I, um, I, was, I was in Fire Academy. I ended up having to resign from Fire Academy. So I was unemployed for like five months, you know. And so literally... Like with that time, I just kind of took time to plan what the sound would look like. I named it. I drew up a, you know, drew up a little logo. I was talking to my designer. I was, you know, getting the guy, uh, mm-hmm. pastor, to let me use his church. Gotcha. Like, like everything was free. Like just because, you know, I'm lovable. Like musicians came, talent came. Like I didn't have to pay a dime for nothing. Right, right. So, literally, the first sound was like my rent party. And didn't nobody know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and and the beautiful thing about it was like during the first show, my training captain called me and reinstated me. Like while I'm hosting, like I stepped out and got the call. And so I'm coming back, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm coming back in the show like, y'all, I've been unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> and God did this. You know, because people didn't know I was unemployed. I was chilling, you know. You know, man, we got pride. We don't be wanting to tell people. You know, but at that point, I'm like, guys, you don't understand. I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. But, um, you know, so been doing it, I guess, I will say five years, but really, it's been like three or four, <laughs> like consistently. We'll stick with the five. We'll stick with the five. We'll stick with the five. <laughs> but it's been good, man. Like four different locations. I mean, I went through it. It's not four locations right now. <laughs> it's just one location. But four different locations, you know, a lot of pastors, a lot of people uh, were coming through, a mm-hmm. lot of artists. Yeah. You know, I got a chance to meet, and it's and it's crazy, like, it was. It seemed like month after month, because I only have it once a month, uh, every last Friday of the month. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like every show, it would be chock full of people that I didn't know at all. And yeah. I have no idea how they heard about it. Yeah. And I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> and people be like, oh, Charles got it. He know everybody. I don't know none of these people. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> and so that, that was just, a, it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful to kind of make that community, you know, with the Kingdom Arts mm-hmm. and to see people like kind of grow from that and do their own thing and yeah. open their own thing and have the people and the know-how and the confidence to go out, you know, and do that. And so I, I've been blessed by it. Yeah. Um, I, um, I've been to the sound several times. Um, mm-hmm. There was one time I was, uh, and, and a lot of people don't know that, right? I'm going to put my business in the streets, um, in these social media streets. 
I was really, um, I was really, I was broken hearted when I came out. I mean, heart was torn to shreds one time I came out and um, I read a few pieces and it felt good to be in front of people who um, had not really known me and to be able to release some things and not have to worry about, oh, he talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, have to <laughs> right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and I enjoyed coming in as well, too, because it also challenges the because you can't use the vulgarities there. Right. So it challenges you, your work to let's see if your work is that good when you can't say the things that you would say because it feel good or it makes it right. sound that much bigger. And to have that experience was good. I will say this. There were so many musicians. There was a brother that was singing and playing the keyboard and this other brother that was playing. I can't remember his name, but I was like, yo, I need him to play when I do my piece. He was playing the keyboard. That was beautiful. I didn't know. Now, I know you sang. Mm -hmm. You played the sax. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you played the keyboard, too. What other instrument do you play? Uh, mm, I play trumpet, I play bass, and I play drums. Wow. Wow. I have a I have an electric guitar, but um, I want an acoustic so I can practice i don't it, it's a different sound first of all yeah it's a different feel on top of that and i just think the the having the ability to just pull it up and play and i have to plug it in and turn this on and get that on i i, I don't i don't really want to do that but i got a good deal on it so i, I bought it and I, I still have it but i want to learn on an acoustic especially because of the sound though. yeah it just sounds natural i can't play guitar personally i wish i could but that's the one instrument I picked it up and I thought it was going to be easy as the others. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Speaking of that, what was your, um, what was the most challenging instrument for you to play that you can play? And then what was the easiest for you to learn? <sighs> Man, that's, I don't really know. I mm. guess I'll have to go with like one of the first ones. Cause I started on piano and, uh, piano and, uh, saxophone. Gotcha. Um, the thing about saxophone is, you know, it's not like, any of the other instruments because your tone all your tone quality is here. So everybody plays saxophone sound different. Mm -hmm. And that's the and no matter how many notes you learn and how many little licks, like if it don't sound good, you nothing. And so yeah. that's hard in that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, keys just timing wise, cause it's cause it is a percussion instrument, you know, just having that time and then learning how to sing and play. Mm. Is yeah, I didn't start singing until I was in my twenties. Okay, okay. Because so, I've been a, I didn't, I wasn't in the kids' choir. I was always playing instruments <laughs> as a child, so I never sung. Right, right. And then, of course, being a musician, you're around amazing singers, so you never think like, oh, I wonder if I can sing. You know, yeah. Like you can't just kind of sing a little bit around these beasts. You're like, you know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know a story that I that I heard? Um, James Ingram was doing an interview mm -hmm. and James Ingram was never a singer. He's a musician. Mm -hmm. And Quincy Jones told him, Hey man, you could sing. And James Ingram was like, man, no way. And Quincy Jones got him working on his voice. And we would not have known James Ingram if it wasn't for Quincy Jones. That's wow. Musician. Imagine that. Now he's got that killer riff that nobody can hit. Man, his, his tone and, and the power, you know, yeah. A lot of his stuff, if you listen to him, nobody sounds like him, right? You cannot happen. You, you know, it's not going to happen. But just think if Quincy Jones hadn't listened in, we would have never had those songs from James Ingram. That's true. 
I, I wonder how many people can attribute their careers to Quincy Jones. Oh my gosh. Have you seen this documentary on Netflix? Yeah, Q. Was it called Q? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just Quincy. When I when I heard he did um that song, it's my it's my part. I can cry if I want to. Mm-hmm. I did not, I would have never known that was him. And then to know that that really launched his career after just being a musician. That was his big end. I was blown. I was like, wow. How many times have we known or heard that in a movie? Right? Yeah, you hear it on radio. You might hear it in a movie, or you might hear it at, at Hooters if you go to Eat Wings. I go to Hooters just for the wings. Just, just for the wings. Go just for the wings. And then um, hear that play, but you never hear it play. And then to know that Quincy Jones wrote that song. Oh, man. That is something. Uh, you think about these productions like The Fresh Prince, The Wiz. The Wiz is one of my favorite movies. All time. Like, like top five black movies in, in my book. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I, I still sing every song when it come on. Michael yeah. Jackson, come on, you want to cry? You know, it's just when he, when he you can't win. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I just watched it recently. I didn't realize how deep it was because, you know, I saw it as a kid. But I'm like, yo, Michael was always smart. But the crows had to make him think he was dumb in order for them to maintain control over him. That's institutional racism, basically. Wow. <laughs> like, like the fact that they tackled it and it was so nuanced. And even back in the 70s, it was like, yo. The choreography like, in The Wiz is amazing. To see all of it. I mean, even just that scene with the crows and they put their hand on you. Can we child? Like, yeah. listen, man. I could watch that movie all day. All like I just, I just feel black when I watch it. Not a lot of things make me feel black, <laughs> you know. Instead, instead of like my default blackness, but the whiz, I'm like, yo, I'm extra black right now watching this. I just, yeah, yeah, I'm black in the mud right now, right now in this moment. I'm black, this speaks to me. This is black excellence. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, name your top five all-time movies. Oh man. Take the whiz out, because we know that one already. Give me give me another five. Ah, look, I'm, I was in my black cinema. Uh, Stick with the black cinema, that's fine. Stick with the black cinema, that's cool. Okay. Coming to America. Mm -hmm. uh, Lean on me. Uh, the Five Heartbeats. Uh -huh. uh, dang, what else? You know, people would say Friday. I, I don't really put Friday in the top. Okay, that's blasphemy. We're going to scratch that from the record. <laughs> they make it a top 10, but I think because I it was so I was so late on the Friday train, it didn't uh, mean as much to me. Because, you know, 95, I was like six years old. But uh, Dan, you make me old, bro. You make me old. <laughs> and so, like, by the time I watched Friday, everybody they put on was already on. You know, so I was just like, oh, that's cool. And next Friday already came out. All that good stuff. I'm just like, ah, let me see. How many I would say so far? Oh, three. Three. Dang, three. Okay. Uh, Black Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> I like Black Dynamite. Uh, I probably should have like a, like a deep, compelling movie. You know, something, something. No, you don't have Get to. Out. You don't have to. Get out. <laughs> I have not seen Get Out. You gotta see Get Out. I've not seen Get Out. I've not watched Twelve Years Slave. Um, I've not watched Fruitfield Station. My 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 daughter told me Fruitfield Station might be a trigger for me. 
Um, it might be. So she told me, don't watch that one. But Get Out, I, I don't know the concept behind it, but um, from the trailer, from what I saw, I didn't want to see. 12 Years a Slave, I definitely um, did not want to watch. I just chose not to watch that movie. Um, I'm not big on slave movies anyway. Uh, last slave movie I saw was uh, the Nat Turner movie. Uh, okay. What was that called? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, oh, damn. I'm saying no, some of America. I know what you're talking about. Um, but that was the last movie I saw. Movie. I loved it. You know. Yeah. But I, I still watch Roots and I watched the newest one. Um, have you seen uh, um, The Book of the Slaves? No. Oh, man. Book of Slaves is a good movie. That's a good movie. Um, I like the the newest version of Roots because it focuses more on Kunta before he came to the States. Okay. It gives a lot of Birth of a Nation. That's what it was. Good call, Richard. Birth of a Nation. That's, that's the one. Somebody, somebody help us out in the chat. Yeah. Um, Harriet Tubman movie was good. That was good. That was good. I, I just didn't want to see, uh, I didn't think, um, and, and um, give us us free. I'm a star. That's my movie. That's my movie. Like Man. so, that part is as symbolic. Well, not in reference to, to to what the theme is, but you remember that part. Like you remember, um, um, in in um in the Joe Clark movie when he said uh when they were singing in the bathroom. Yeah. And saying, <laughs> it's like those parts you always remember. Yeah. 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 I'm a style was like one of the OGs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like there was like a good chunk of time where there were no slave movies. <laughs> and then I'm a just kicked it back up. Kicked it back up. You know. <clears throat> Wits is in here talking about y'all better stop, stop ignoring his comments. We're not ignoring you, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm not the host. I ain't reading these comments. <laughs> is there any women saying anything? I grew my beard out just for this. Yeah, just for this. He's single, ladies. He's single. He can sing and, he, and he's a musician. I'm back. He's back, like 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 um James Brown. I'm back, I'm back. Get up off of that. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all don't know about that. <laughs> so IG is IG. You got IG. Got one minute and change left. IG, thank y'all for tuning in. As always, I'm gonna come back on right after this show is over. I'm gonna come back on to you guys and we'll talk about what happened on the show, everything like that. Take your questions, take your suggestions for who will be up next time. I already got a list. I think I'm busy all the way too. I think I got the rest of this week, which isn't much, and the whole entire next week already, but. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. I'll tune y'all in and we'll get the rest that's coming up. So appreciate y'all, IG, um, and we'll see y'all in a minute. So I, I do my, my IG live because I started there, and okay. I keep that going to make sure I keep my family, keep my peoples up. Some of them are also on here, too, which is great. So, um, Oh, man. I was on IG, and I didn't even know. Okay. <laughs> you, 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 when you got it, you got it, bro. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you something. So for my birthday, I just, you know, because I haven't touched the mic in a while and okay. you know you can't really do comedy virtually i gotta mm -hmm. call <coughs> it's not corona but um <laughs> but um you know with comedy like i have to feel that energy you know yeah and i was and i had every plan to go to your driving joint this sunday but uh you didn't have it um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I wanted to go down to Greenville and I just hosted a Supers open mic okay. down there. I saw you. I popped in on the live. Oh, you popped in on live. I was being ignorant the whole time. I was I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> John, when I tell you everybody at the bar 
was giving me shots. Like it came from everywhere. Like wow. I must have had about seven, eight of them. Wow. And I was still trying to host. <laughs> it I've was, been there. I've been it was there. ignorance. <laughs> wow. But I had so much fun. But um I gotta make I, it down that way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The new the new location is really nice. Okay. Um, you know, I got in a, I got in a couple entanglements down there. Uh, <laughs> if I don't want to come home, I don't have to. Uh, but uh, but uh, divorce Charles is a new Charles. It's it's a new day. But uh, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad the world is shut down because if it wasn't, nobody's moms would be safe. Um, <laughs> I, 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 My mama I, is. <laughs> Jaws' mom is safe. <laughs> <sighs> but um, yeah. So I I was out there and I had some people riding with me and a uh, young lady that was riding with me. You know, she was um, she's a lesbian and she's like, you know, she's from New York, like real gritty, you know, straight gully, no doubt. You know that like New York, New York, <laughs> like she's that. <clears throat> you know, I don't know how to take that. I'm southern, but uh. <laughs> But, uh, you know, she's a good friend, good heart, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, of course, she's been drinking, too, because it's my birthday. I'm sharing the wealth with everybody. Right, you know, right. ain't no fun unless the homies can have some. And so she gets drunk, and she, like, starts, like, coming on to me. And I don't know how to <laughs> – she was like, you know, I know y'all look at me as one of the guys, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a lady, too. <laughs> like, sometimes I don't want y'all to look at me like that, like – like I see you with your with your beard all shaped up and you got your sweat on, like you know. Sometimes I just be like, and I'm like, wow, what is <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Wow, I wouldn't know how to do. I wouldn't know how to do that. Like I was like, I'm drunk. I ain't that drunk. I just <laughs> <laughs> like like not not only are you a lesbian, but you know, you the homie, you know, homies, like homies. above everything else. Right, right. We supposed to be looking at the same thing right now. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now you know, I'm looking at her and you looking at me. Wow. I wouldn't know how to adjust that. Yeah. And don't mind. Hey, you know, she's still caked up and caked out. I ain't gonna lie. You know, right. she got the bada beans, you know. <clears throat> so in my mind, I'm like, I mean, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what if I turn the lights off? I just feel like she might be too strong. She might grab me and be like, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge right now. Let me get mine. Right. Like, well, she picked me up and I'm like, oh, oh have you against the wall. Right. <laughs> I'm a, it's my turn. My turn. Me too. <laughs> that, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. Look, we got right. two minutes left. Less than two minutes left. Tell everybody. Um, your lack anything you want to say, I want to give you a chance to say whatever you want to say before we have to get out of here. Um, so just let everybody know, say anything you want to drop, any takeaways, anything you want to do, it's all on you. The floor is yours. All right, I just want to let everybody know that Jesus is real. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> on IG, you can follow me at Sax Prophet, that's S A X P R O P H E T. Same thing on Twitter. Um, on Facebook, it's Charles W. McMurray II. Uh, if you want to go to the fan page, just Charles McMurray seconds, no W. Um, what else? I do uh, host the sound. Just the sound page on Facebook is probably the best 
resource to get all the updates. We got so, 30 seconds. We got 30 seconds. <laughs> this is Follow my man Charles. We're going to be on IG Live. Come on through IG Live right now. We're going to finish talking about this and wrap it up. So I will see y'all there. Thank y'all so much. I always tell you, challenge yourself today to be better than you was yesterday. Learn to love yourself so the world can understand how to love you. You have the power to be great and amazing. So get up off of that thing and go be amazing. Love y'all. Y'all be at peace. One.